This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. What I was told beforehand is Prince doesn't want you to have any ideas. He just wants to show up and see what happens. Photographer Randy St. Nicholas first met Prince in 1991. She had no idea what to expect when she met him. But she does recall his first words to her. And he walked up the stairs and he looked at me and he said, Hi, I'm Prince. (laughs) (laughs) We know. (laughs) And I said, really? (laughs) As if you would mistake him for someone else. They were scheduled to do a photo shoot together, their first one together. And Randy was very nervous. I love shooting, so it's kind of where I lose myself, so I never feel that way. But for him, I was a little bit nervous because the mystique of him is... He may not talk to you. He might leave before you could ever take his picture. She had to find a way to, you know, lock in with Prince, get on the same page with him very quickly. To do that, she set the mood with a simple mixtape. Jimi Hendrix was the first music on the tape. Which Jimi Hendrix song? I think it was The Watchtower. And I was in the zone. I kind of got all these plants and just put some fans on them so it looked like it was part of the studio environment, and I told him to stand in the center. And that first picture is the first picture I ever took of him. He looked directly at me. The rest of the day was just some kind of magic. I was in some kind of other world. Randy ended up shooting prints that day for almost five hours. I mean, it was like we'd worked together for years already. It was so comfortable, and he was such an incredible being that you feel like at the same time you're looking at him, Uh he's looking at you. And I know everyone that's ever had that kind of connection with Mm. him feels exactly the same as I do. Uh. He sees you. You are listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Sam Sanders, and this episode, we talk about Prince. Last weekend, a new Prince album was released. It's called Welcome to America. This album features a bunch of songs that Prince recorded back in 2010. And it's the first original album released by his estate since his death in 2016. This new album, it sounds like this. Welcome to America. Where you can fail at your job. Get fired, rehired, and get a $700 billion tip. So in honor of Prince and this new album release, and just because I really love Prince, we're going to revisit my 2020 conversation with his personal photographer, Randy St. Nicholas. So Randy has published a bunch of her photos and stories in a photo book called My Name is Prince. In this episode, we're going to bring you the stories behind a few of those pictures. And if you're wondering whether Prince liked the music Randy chose for their first photo session together. When he went to leave, he looked back at me when he was walking away and he said, by the way, great music. All right, more Prince stories coming up. This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Directed by Prentice Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter, A People's History, tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. 
From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. Hey, it's Peter Sagal, host of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. After a year and a half of broadcasting from our bedrooms, we are returning to shows with real live audiences starting August 5th in Philadelphia. Don't worry, we will still have our beds on stage with us. Join us. I read that there was one particular photo of Prince that you shared with L.A. Reid after Prince's death that was the inspiration for this book. Yep. What's that photo? It's a photo uh, in the burnt-out building of him sitting at a piano. You can't just say that and not tell the story. (laughs) How did you and Prince and a big old black piano end up in a burnt-out building? Well, (laughs) (laughs) I was driving down Beverly Boulevard in Hollywood one morning. I want to say maybe like 93 or something like that. And so you're driving through West L.A. I'm driving down the street, and I come to stoplight, and I look over, and I see this building has smoke kind of wafting off of the rafters. Okay. So you see a building on fire and say, yeah. art. <laughs> and I and I look at it, and as soon as the light changes, I just turn and drive down the street and park my car and got out and walked in. Okay. And there were no flames. There was just like this smoke, and it sort of, I thought to myself, wow, it must have been on fire last night, or the fireman must have just left. Mm-hmm. And as I was there, I had one of those first cell phones, and it rang in my bag and Mm -hmm. I opened up the phone and it's Prince and he goes Randy hi it's me (laughs) right I know who it is yeah I know (laughs) he goes what are you doing and I go well I just saw this building I think was just on fire and it's got smoke coming from the rafters and It'd be so great to shoot you with a baby grand piano here. Okay, 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 okay. That <laughs> jump. Yeah. I see a lot of burnt out buildings. I have seen a lot of them in my day. <laughs> I never think something like that. You might now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what What about the space and the way it looked and felt made you say, oh, this needs to be a Prince photo shoot? Because it was just an incredible building. like, And you could see the sky and the smoke was still there. And it had all these beams everywhere and the, the way the light came in and... And he goes, all right, call Studio Instrument Reynolds, get a piano over there, and I'll meet you there in about an hour. He shows up. He shows up, what thank happens? goodness, late, because think <laughs> yeah. about it. You I had, had to, to get up. the cameras, get an assistant over there. And so I got it all together, and he, the way he is in the picture is how he came walking in. He let's just, look at them, because you have them. What page are they on? Yes. Um, let's see. Burned Out Building, page 104. Oh, my God. I looked at this earlier, but seen it again. It's like, there's this one shot you have. He's wearing that Prince outfit with the lacy Seinfeld blouse. Yeah. And he's at this big old baby grand piano. Yeah. What was the first song he played on the piano in the burnt-out building? He played just some kind of classical jazz that I've never heard. He might have been composing something. I don't know. But it was this kind of haunting music that just echoed through the building. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Did he ever play any of his songs at the piano there? No. Really? Nope. And he didn't sing. He didn't sing? Mm -mm. He just sat down and played this amazing music. The experience was kind of haunting, and it was emotional, and it was really introspective. Mm. And the music he was playing was just really beautiful and kind of ethereal.
I want to find this building now and see what happened to it. So I went back the next night thinking uh-huh. this will be an incredible night landscape. It was a full moon. Uh-huh. And I thought I would love to just shoot this building by itself mm-hmm. at night. And it was completely boarded up, no way Stop. to get in, Stop. gone. So had you not done it that day? Had we not done it that day? Had I not been there that moment after the fireman had left where I could sneak in and shoot it? And, you know, that's the story of Prince. If you can hang and be spontaneous and show up wherever and mm-hmm. whenever with some kind of inspiration, mm-hmm. there are these moments that can never be duplicated. Hearing you talk about how good he was at being photographed and how game he was to do it, I've also read that he never allowed people to actually have pictures of himself or photos of himself. Yeah. Why? I I mean, the same reason he didn't like to have his music played on all the new ways that Mm. people play music these days. Yeah. You know, a lot of people think that people that are powerful and charismatic like that are control freaks, but it really wasn't about that. Mm. I mean, Prince lived his music. I mean, this was him. Mm -hmm. This is who he was. And so I think it was private to him in some ways. Mm. And it became public when he decided to play live, mm-hmm. when he made albums. Mm-hmm. That was his way of sharing it with the rest of the world. And mm-hmm. I think he wanted to the respect from everyone of being able to decide when that would be. I miss him so much. Oh, my goodness. I want to talk about a song of Prince's for which you directed the music video. Anjali, we're going to pull this up. Is a, a little ditty called Get Off. <laughs> I want to pull it up, play it a bit, and have you talk me through that whole experience because it seemed like it was a riot. <laughs> yeah. So this song, this was like raunchy Prince. It was raunchy. And you directed the video for it? How raunchtastic was that video shoot? Well, it was my first video I ever directed. Oh, first okay, of all. okay. He literally forced me to do it, even when I said I don't think I, sh- I don't think I want to be a director. He mm-hmm. said, "Yes, you do." Oh, <laughs> okay. In the beginning, he says it's a song. I want you to direct this video. Mm-hmm. It's a song called "Get Off." And all I want to do is wrong. Get off. And he said, "Someone from the record company is going to call you." Mm-hmm. And put it all together. And I said, okay. So the person from the record company called me and said, there is no way we are doing a music video for this song. We're not putting the song out. So I'm just telling you right now. Wow. And I said, okay, thank you. And I hung up. And Uh like 20 minutes later, Prince calls me, goes, so how'd your conversation go? I said, well, here's what he said. (laughs) And I told him. And he said, I'll call you right back in five. So in five minutes, the same person from the record company called me back and said, correction, we are going forward with that song, and we are doing the music video. Yeah. Prince had this idea um, based on the movie Caligula, okay. which is a movie, I don't know if you've seen it, set in Roman times, Okay. and it's all about a group of people's sexuality, let's say. Okay. It's pretty avant-garde okay. and ahead of its time. Uh-huh. The set was the... <laughs> Many floors of all these different rooms with people having sex, people making out, people drinking wine, people eating grapes, and 
It was like uh, a bacchanal. Yes. Okay. Very much. And when I got there, I walked into Paisley Park. I'd never been there before. Uh-huh. And all these people came running up to me, extras saying, we'll get naked on set. <gasps> we'll have sex on set if you want. We'll ha- make out with people of our same set. What had he coached like. them to be doing on this set? <laughs> well, for, I was just, I go to myself, I'm a f- <laughs> legitimate photographer. Yeah. Am I? Am I making a porn film? Am I in Hollywood? I mean, I'm in Minnesota. I just didn't expect it to be yeah. this um raunchy. F- well, free. Yeah. I looked that's at the word for it. Prince he would sort of have an outline of what he wanted. Mm-hmm. We'd talk about it a bit. Mm-hmm. But then he sort of just gave you the freedom and he was so great at being spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Was there any stuff where you were like Stop that. I will not photograph it. I will not record that. Stop. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I figured I'm there. I'm going for it. <laughs> okay. Were you pleased with the video? Yeah. I mean, the video when I left Paisley mm-hmm. was different than the video that actually aired because he kept working on it after I left. Okay. See, I didn't know this about him then, uh-huh. but he would always try to make little tweaks and changes without me on some of the projects. Uh-oh. Were Couple- you okay with that? Um. No, because I felt <laughs> that he once told me that I was going to be the person who was going to change how he was perceived visually. Hmm. And I never felt that his visuals lived up to his music. Hmm. Not that any visuals could really live up to his music. Yeah. But I felt like his visuals could have more depth and more of him Yeah. after I knew him, yeah. the him that I knew. Yeah. And so I... I was never happy when he made changes to mm-hmm. the projects we worked on without me. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, he would call me to fix them in the end anyway. Okay. Because so, of the changes he made, he couldn't finish them himself. Well, because he said, oh, they didn't match the lighting that you did or something's wrong with the color. Mm-hmm. Can you fix them? And so, Bring in the pros. So, you know, we, we would eventually come around to meet in the middle. Coming up, Randy tells me about the time Prince played Coachella and shocked the audience into silence. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Discover. Here's a familiar situation. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone. If only you had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right, a real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This message comes from NPR sponsor, BetterHelp. When you keep your stress bottled up, it can eat away at you. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to make them better. Try BetterHelp Online Therapy, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp at BetterHelp.com slash NPR today to get 10% off your first month. You're an artist working with another artist. You both have visions. You both are good at your jobs. How do you make peace with an end result of a thing that you were a big part of not being exactly what you wanted? You let it go because there's other projects to do. And also, I sometimes think that when someone else collaborates with us, our mm-hmm. vision can become better because mm-hmm. we get stuck in our own ways. And I think this is one of the things I learned from Prince so much is one, to be able to let go and just kind of 
flow with whatever was happening at the moment, even if I'm a perfectionist. Obviously, I'm a photographer. So lighting is hugely important to me in composition. But when you're working with a lot of artists, things change all the time. And they are not standing where you want them to stand, Mm -hmm. especially if you're directing live action. They're moving all over the place. and And I would really... Whenever I'd shoot him live, mm-hmm. I wished I could just tell him to hold still for a second so I could get the exact picture. You know, I mean, that's sort yeah. of... <laughs> no one tells Prince to hold still, No. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't really tell Prince what to do. You don't, He doesn't need direction. Mm. But what I would try to do was, whatever he was going to do, make it better and capture it in the light he called... He used to call my light the light we deserve. Mm. So I would try to capture it in the light he deserved. He deserved. Show me the... F- Tell me the page in this book that has a photo that best shows the light he deserved. Many. <laughs> Pick one out and let's talk about it. Oh, my goodness. I mean, they're all Pick good. Pick one out. They're all good. Oh, this one's good. Which one? This one. Oh, yeah. Where is that? That's in the Dorchester Hotel in London. Describe it for our listeners that can't see it. It's Prince coming down a really spectacular curved staircase. And that was his own staircase that Uh led to his own room, Mm. which was the Sultan of Brunei's suite at the top of the Dorchester Hotel in London. Wow. And like he is so visually, he's stunning. He's wearing this epic little pea coat and he's got this faint goatee. There's a chandelier beside him, but his hair slicked back. Mm -hmm. You rarely see him like that. Never. That's the only time I've ever seen him like that. And I shot a few pictures that night with his hair like that. Why do you think he was doing that look? I love it. I mean, why was he doing any of the looks? <laughs> think about This is like a basically a hair book. If you start yeah. from the beginning to yes. end, yes. you see the many, yeah. the many hairs yeah. of Mr. P. What was he like that night in this, in this shoot at this hotel going down the staircase of this fancy suite? What, go back to that night, if you can recall it. Well, in, in London in general, he was very kind of quiet during that. Maybe it's because he performed 21 nights in a row for mm. maybe four hours a night. And mm-hmm. then every night afterwards, we do an after show for three, oh my maybe hours. Goodness. So maybe that's why he was quiet. Yeah, yeah, I can <laughs> um, see that. But that particular night was one of the many nights where we would shoot from, let's say he did all those shows. He'd get back to the hotel maybe at like three or four in the morning Mm-hmm. And then we would shoot until 9 or 10 in the morning stills. Wow. Yeah, and we did that pretty really? much every single night. Would you still play music during those shoots? No, in we would because we'd be shooting around the hotel when everybody else was asleep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so, no, we were like tiptoe, like little elves. <laughs> really? If you could play music for this shoot where he's coming down this regal staircase with his hair slicked back, what print song would you play for that moment? Maybe, like, because there was another shot that I did at a piano Mm -hmm. that was Elton John's piano that he gave to them. Wow. Maybe it would be something more like Purple Rain. I like that. I mean, it's always a good time to play Purple Rain. (laughs) Always a good time. Well, because it, again, it was that night was really, really intimate. Mm. The pictures were really, had a certain kind of mood to them, as Mm. you can see. Yeah. He leaned on the piano and he played. And the piano was in this very small room. 
at the back of the Dorchester Hotel, and a lot of people don't even think know the room is there. And Elton mm. John donated this beautiful piano that was made out of cut mirrors. Mm. And he was particularly quiet that night. Can you recall what he played there at the piano? I'm, I'm like seeing him now leaning over this mirrored piano, looking at himself in the piano. It's beautiful. <laughs> He never was one to really just sit down and sing and play music, in my presence anyway. Mm. I mean, he did that at home when he'd have little... Sometimes late at night, you'd get an invitation to go to his house at like 1 or 2 in the morning. Stop. And there'd be maybe like 10 people there. Stop. And he'd play music all night and play some Stop. of his songs and he'd play Sly and he'd play Radiohead and all kinds I've heard of... that he loved to cover Radiohead's Creep. He did it at Coachella. It was mind-blowing. And that Coachella crowd Uh is the perfect crowd for a song like that because there was so much alternative music Uh at the same time. Uh They ate that up. I was shooting, um, standing on my little Apple boxes in the middle of 60,000 people. So you were at the Coachella set? Yeah. I, there's a whole section on Coachella, pictures that had never been seen before that are in the book. And when he played that song, everyone went silent. Uh. There were 60,000 people there. Because uh. I think they were just blown away that, he was, doing that, that. he was doing that song. So at Coachella that night, you write that he played past his time. Mm-hmm. He did a bunch of encores, and he was about to get fined like $100,000 because they got to shut that stuff down at a certain hour. Yeah. What was that like? He just blows past the post? He got there when he got there. He played as long as he wanted to. Uh. And, you know, being backstage with the promoters and people who were very nervous and thinking about money, (laughs) when Prince hadn't shown up yet, his private plane hadn't gotten there, Mm. they were pacing around back there, and they were really nervous, and everyone's like, is he going to show up? When's he going to show up? Mm. Once he was on stage, I think they were so mesmerized by his music and everything it's like a Pied Piper. Yeah. Everything else fades away. Yeah, everything fades away. I don't know if they ever find him. He went past the I'm deadline. Sure he did. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know about those things. He I mean, does he even believe in time? <laughs> no, I don't think he does. And so, but I, I don't, so I don't know if they ever find him or not. I don't know whatever happened, but everyone seemed euphoric. Really? Back there while he was performing. Really? So, I, you know. What do you, so you've got this book of photos. You've spent so much time with this man. You've told me some stories just now that kind of give me a peek into his world. But I think my last question for you is like, you know, for fans like me and for other folks here in the show who feel as if we've known Prince for decades now because he's been in our consciousness but don't really know him. What is one thing you know about Prince from your time with him that we should know about him too that we don't know already? He had this ability to be deadpan Mm. and just say the most remarkable things and then wait to see everybody's reaction. I mean, his humor kind of led him through his life. And I think it's an important thing to know about him because everyone feels that he's this dark, mysterious character, and he is. Mm. But he was also incredibly light, funny, warm. Mm. He mentored so many other artists. Mm. Artists that we're still listening to today. Yes. He mentored Janelle Monet. Didn't he co-sign Lizzo before she really blew up? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like all of these artists that are in our consciousness, he he stand Beyonce for years. Like he he had he had his finger on the pulse up until the end. Yeah, he really did, and I think that he honored talent. Mm. And I think a lot of people think when you become an artist like that, where mm-hmm. you're adored by the world, that you're not conscious of other people, that mm. it becomes a very self-centered world. But he actually was the opposite of that. He really honored and mentored talent. And it's something that he did up until the very end of his life. I love it. To close, what's your favorite Prince song? (laughs) There's a song that he did years ago that he wrote, and a girl named Martika did it, and it's called Love Thy Will Be Done. What do you think this song is saying to us? <laughs> Don't ask me that. <laughs> Why not? I wouldn't even begin to try to interpret <laughs> Prince's lyrics. But I feel like one of the things I love about this song is you feel his sensitivity in a completely different way, in mm. a quiet way. Mm. Well, you remember him quiet, rambunctious, loud. How do you remember him? When you th- like, What is the image that comes up in your mind the most when you think of him now? I think of him laughing at me <laughs> all the time. Because <laughs> he used to roll his eyes just like, oh my goodness, Randy, what next? Now what are you doing? <laughs> now what are you making me do? Yeah. So I, I remember a very joyful side of him. I love that. And I love that you shared that with us, um, this book full of photographs. I love it. I miss him so much. Oh, me too. <laughs> Thank you for this. Thank you. Thanks again to photographer Randy St. Nicholas. We spoke last year. And listeners, you can see some of the photos that we talk about from Randy's book, My Name is Prince, on our website, npr.org. Also, that photo book itself is available right now. And Prince's new album, Welcome to America, it is available now, too. All right. This episode was produced by Anjali Sastry and edited by Kitty Isley and Jordana Hochman. And as a last little gift to y'all, I'm going to leave you now with a very personal print story that I shared with Randy before we left the studio. Okay, enjoy. We'll talk soon. He was doing a few little pop-up shows. And, like, he'd announce them the day before and tickets would go out and you could go. And he was doing one, I want to say, at the Palladium Mm -hmm. downtown. And one of my colleagues, through some of his contacts, got two tickets, but he couldn't go. So he ended up giving them to me and another colleague, my good friend and colleague, Shireen Miraji, who hosts a separate NPR podcast. But we go to the concert, and I'm just so geeked out, so ready for it. And so he comes on with the band, and of course, it's magical. Um, He has the full band, a 12-piece horn section. I counted it. And he's leading that band like no one's business while also singing all the things, playing the piano, going back and forth from the guitar and this and that. It's amazing. And so I'm taking these photos. I'm loving the concert. And eventually I'm like, I want to get some video of this. So I start shooting a little video on my iPhone. I'm like, this is going to be great. And before I know it, this big Suge Knight looking bodyguard lifts me in the air, takes me all the way out from the front of the venue near the stage, outside, doesn't say a word. I'm too scared to say a word. I'm just like, (gasps) and as I'm being tossed out, I was like, what happened? What was the matter? What did I do? And he says, 
you can't take no videos of Prince. And I'm like, I didn't know. So anyways, that happens. But as I'm being dragged out, I tell my friend Shireen, I was like, you stay. You don't leave. One does not leave a Prince show. So once I get kicked out, I just go to my car. I sit in my driver's seat and I take a nap and I say she'll get back when she gets back. She got back to my car probably around 1 or 2 a.m. Yeah. Because <laughs> exactly. he played that long. Yeah. And still, even though I was literally ejected from this concert, that show was the best concert of my life. This message comes from NPR sponsor Discover. Tired of not getting a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. One subscription gets you everything. One site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com NPR. What does it mean to be Black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as the Black experience, you'll hear it means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.